Perfect. Hi, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Women's Health Matters podcast. And on this podcast, I'm talking to lots of really interesting people who really help um, in women's health. And um, today I'm joined by Janice Tucker, and she is, I've known Janice for a long time. She's a fellow acupuncturist and she does Qigong. So I am going to let Janice explain um, how she helps people. And she has this amazing website called Space to Relax. So um, welcome to this podcast, Janice. Lovely to have you here. Thank you so much, Lucy. It's great to be here. Cool. So tell me a little bit about what you do, because um, I'm always telling ladies in the clinic, in my clinic, or um, when we're coaching for menopause, to go and do Qigong. Okay. Well, I, as you said, we've known each other for a long time. You were, I think, two years above me in college for Chinese medicine studies. Uh So, um, so yes, yeah, so you have a couple more years experience um, on me <laughs> in terms I know, of we've like over 20, <laughs> over like 40 years experience between the yeah, two. And actually this month, because our graduation month was February, I am 22 years. So you must be 24, 24 years in practice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this is our anniversary month of graduating, which is fabulous. Um, and we're still here. I know. <laughs> Still so loving great. doing what I do. <laughs> yeah. So um, just for those people who don't know me, um, I do practice Chinese medicine and acupuncture still. I have two clinics in Kerry, in Kloglin and in Tralee. And also I have an online business and face-to-face workshops when I've been able to do them prior to the pandemic, teaching people Qigong, which for those of you who don't know, is a very simple combination of movements breathing and mind focus in order to help you to restore the internal balance within your body and restore your health and bring yourself back to the healthiest balance possible, not just physically in terms of aches and pains, but also mentally and emotionally in terms of any uh, emotional upheaval you might be going through as well, or anything that it's maybe in your past, um, it can be very helpful for that too. And so, um, as I said, I practice and teach, I practice Qigong myself, I teach Qigong. I was in China four times after I graduated from my Chinese medicine studies and was given permission by my professors over in China to teach. So I've been teaching since I think about 2004. And I used to teach night classes, I teach workshops, and I'm actually doing my first face-to-face workshop in two years this coming Sunday. So I'm so excited. Um, But I've had an online business teaching Qigong through video instruction and through online Zoom classes since 2015. So we'll be seven years for the online business, actually. Yeah. I remember when you started that. Yeah, Yeah, so what I love to do is help not only women, but anybody really who wants to learn Qigong, but really to help you to learn tools in order to calm your mind, relax, really boost your energy levels, help to regulate certain health conditions and manage those conditions as best as possible. And really just give you the tools to empower yourself in order to work with, you know, work for yourself and do, do these simple exercises for yourself and they can very easily kind of fit alongside any Chinese medicine or acupuncture treatment you might be having or any western medicine care that you might be receiving as well. So it doesn't if you're on any medication or anything it's safe to do at the same time? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So with Qigong exercises, there are a certain, there are, a, there are some movements in Qigong, which I would always build in a kind of a little warning or a little kind of take care about doing them. So anything where there's maybe where you have to do a forward bend, if you suffer with high blood pressure, for example, um, or low blood pressure, and you, you know, you pop up too quickly, you might get dizzy. So I would always warn people about that and say, you know, if you're bending forwards in any way, then just don't go below, don't let your heart drop below waist level similarly for people who have issues with uh, lower back if they have any lower back issues forward bends are not always the best thing to do but when I'm teaching qigong I would always say to anybody who's doing it you can always adapt an exercise to whatever your range of movement is um, and just go easy on yourself do the movements very slowly that's the best way to do them anyway um, and don't go beyond your limits just work with work until you feel a tiny little bit of a stretch um, or a something that's you know maybe working your body in a different way but you don't have to go kind of all gung-ho into huge stretches and with qigong what's really interesting in terms of it as a as a physical exercise is it's very different from many other physical exercises in that you're not forcing it you're not physically forcing any of the movements the breath and your mind is actually leading the movement the movement follows so it's a very different way of doing any kind of stretches or movement. And in that way, it, in my opinion, it is much safer and it's much more suited to people with maybe um, a decreased range of movement. Say you've got, you know, arthritic shoulders or you've got some problem with your neck or you can't move, you know, you've got a limited range of movement in your legs or your back. You can always adapt your movements to whatever range of movement is available to you. So I've taught Qigong to wheelchair users, for example. Um, just before the pandemic, I was teaching Qigong to a group of senior citizens in a daycare center, most of whom were over 75 a lot of whom, whom were in their 80s and they could sit in the chair and do qigong exercises so you mm -hmm. don't have to be standing you don't have to be super flexy and it kind of has the edge over yoga in that respect because even though I'm a massive fan of yoga and I do yoga all the like all the time myself I love it it's not available to everybody not everyone is able to do yoga because of the physical demands that are placed on their body so with qigong there's always something you can do because the movement is only one third of what makes up Qigong. The breath is the other third and the mind is the other third. So even if you can't move at all, you can just sit there, you can breathe, you can use your mind and you can still do the exercises in order to allow for the qi or your energy to flow more freely throughout your body. And that's the aim. This actually makes me think of a story that I heard about this athlete um, who was training to go into the Olympics, an American athlete, um, and she got injured. I think she could have broken her leg or something like quite serious, not long before the actual Olympic Games were on. She, I think she was a runner. I, I'm remembering the story, but she used her breath work and her mind to keep her body fit. So she was still, when she got better, because she couldn't do the training to get to the Olympics, and mm -hmm. she got there and actually she won a, a medal. I'm not even sure if she did actually win a gold medal. It was kind of like in the 60s or something like that. I remember reading about it and I was like, wow, that is actually amazing. So it's yeah, something you, yeah. could, you could, maybe she used Qigong method in that way of getting herself right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's a few stories of people I know who have, who have 
been Qigong students of mine or practitioners that I know, and they've got, you know, they've been seriously ill and been bedridden in hospital, maybe receiving chemotherapy treatment, or, you know, they've got another serious condition, or they've, you know, post-surgery, for example, where you, you can't necessarily move, but you can still practice Qigong. You would the breath work and your mind. Yeah, with the breath and with the mind, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what kind of breath work would you be talking about? Just literally breathing in and out? I know that's not a stupid question, but how, like, what oh, would you say no, to someone? Not stupid at all. Well, most of the, most of the breathing practice in Qigong, is certainly a beginner level, is what's called abdominal breathing. So, or, or diaphragmatic breathing. So abdominal breathing is where you breathe into your belly, into your lower abdomen. And as you breathe in, you feel the belly expand. It's like blowing up a balloon. But that expansion of your belly isn't just, people think it's, it's just forward and you see your be belly kind of inflating and deflating. But that expansion, I explain to people, it's like, it's, it's 3D. So it's sideways, it's forwards and backwards, it's up and down as well. So the whole of that abdominal cavity gets bigger as it were it swells with what's called a ball of chi so as you take in the air or the chi then that abdominal area gets bigger and it doesn't obviously we're not actually breathing into our bellies we, we're breathing into our lungs but what we're doing is we're using the deeper parts of our lungs and our diaphragm which is the muscle that run, runs along the bottom of the lungs we're actually making much better use of that. So as we breathe in, the diaphragm flattens and pushes down. And as the diaphragm pushes down, that's what moves the belly out. That's what mm -hmm. you see happening. Um, the best way to practice that is actually lying down and just place your hand on your lower belly, below your belly button. And as you breathe in, you'll feel your hand rising up towards the ceiling. So you'll, you'll get this rise and fall. And for those of you out there who've got young children, it's a brilliant exercise to teach to kids. And what I ask people to do, what parents can do, is actually rather than get the child to put their hand on their lower belly, actually put a favorite toy like a teddy bear or something on the belly. And they can watch and see the teddy bear going up and down as they're breathing. So it's a really nice little practice to teach to children, especially if they're a little bit anxious or a little bit worried. Uh, maybe going into school, you know, if they're worried about homework or bullying or something like that, and there isn't a child who's suffering with anxiety, the ab abdominal breathing is brilliant for that. And in Qigong, usually as well, unless we're making use of special exercises which use sounds, usually you breathe in and out through the nose. So a lot of people with exercise, they're used to breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. But if you breathe in and out through the nose, that breath out through the nose actually helps to calm the mind, calm the mind a lot more. So that lovely gentle in and out through the nose, just feeling the belly rising as you breathe in and then sinking as you breathe out. Even just to do that for a few breaths is really calming. It's very, it's a very good way to kind of center and kind of anchor yourself if you feel like your mind's a little bit scattered and all over the place. It's just to bring you back down to earth. Hmm, that's really because sometimes when you're breathing I, I, uh, my partner he does a lot of breathing techniques and stuff and he'd always he'd always I, I would I, he's taught me to do it better but um I'd breathe in but I breathe in my belly that's how I used to you know breathe in your kind of breathe in your tummy and then out as you do your out breath but it's the other way around isn't it you expand it, out it's the other way around absolutely yeah because yeah. yeah. it yeah. feels like the right you're, way you're, what you're doing is you're drawing in 
energy or chi, what we call chi, you're bringing that chi in from the outside world. The lovely, I mean, we're very lucky in Ireland to have really clean, fresh air. In most situations, we're not living in the middle of kind of grimy cities that are laden with smog. So we're bringing in lovely, clean, fresh air from outside. And that's coming down into that lower abdomen area, which in Chinese medicine and Qigong, we call Dantian. And Dantian is like your engine room. It's like your powerhouse from where all of your energy can then be distributed. So I always think of it as like a front loading washing machine. So you've got the washing spinning around inside and that's a little bit like the chi or the energy moving around. And from there, it kind of flies off in all directions around your body. And in that way, it helps to kind of really energize, nourish the body and just improve your circulation and allow all of your organ systems to cooperate in a really beneficial way. So everything's working together and combining and harmonizing in order to restore your internal health. So you work on the breath. So what would you do with the mind? What type of techniques would you use on the mind? Okay, so with the mind, what happens is that usually, usually with, with Qigong, where your mind goes, the qi follows. So if you put your mind into a certain area of the body, then the qi will follow that, you know, and, and, and go into that area. When the qi follows the blood then follows as well. So what you're doing is when you put, when you pay attention to a part of your body and put your mind there and the chi will just go there automatically, the blood will go there as well. So often when I'm teaching movements in workshops, we'll do the movement and then I ask the students to pay attention after the movement. I'll say, now maybe just let your hands drop down by your sides and think about your hands and your fingers and think about, you know, observe what's going on there. And often they find that they've got lovely kind of tingling sensations, a bit of warmth, maybe their fingers and their hands feel much bigger, like their, their fingers are swollen up almost like the size of sausages. They might feel really heavy. And all of those signs are a sign, a sign that the chi is actually going into their hands as a result of the simple movements, the focus of the mind and the breath that's allowed the chi to flow more freely. So you could do the same with your organs, with the heart or the liver or the stomach. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say I say it as well, like you can do you can use that technique as well. Say if you suffer from pain in a particular joint, so say you've got pain in the shoulder joint. What I'd say is we have this. There's a lovely meditation. Actually, it's on my website. It's at the bottom of my website homepage. Um, and it's a free meditation. It's called Calm Your Busy Mind in Eight Minutes. But what you can also do with that exercise, as well as it helping to calm your mind, what you can do is use it um, because we work from head to toe. So you can use it and stop at any particular part of your body, which might be causing you discomfort or pain. So say it's your shoulder. And what I ask you to do is to think about the shoulder. And then as you breathe out, think of relaxing and expanding that whole shoulder area. So you're imagining that your shoulder is getting bigger in all directions. And as something gets bigger like that, not only is it getting bigger on the outside, but also the blood vessels supplying it are widening and opening up. And by doing that and allowing more blood, more chi or energy to flow into that area, that can help to relieve pain or discomfort in that area. And you do that totally with the mind and the breath. There is no movement. So what you were saying earlier there, Lucy, and asking me about, well, you know, if you can't move, can you still practice Qigong? Absolutely, you can, because you can do that lying in a bed. And that's the perfect exercise, actually, for going into bed at night to help you to sleep more easily. 
Mm. Yeah, because quite a lot of them, I don't know if you see this, but quite a lot, I obviously deal with a lot of women or perimenopause on a menopause and sleep is a massive, can be a massive problem for women and it can just hit them overnight. Suddenly you could be the best sleeper in the world and boom, <laughs> yeah, you stop mm. sleeping and it's really tough. So that's an exercise that women can do. Absolutely. It's a really great exercise to do either if you can't get off to sleep at night, if your mind's too busy, there's a lot of mind chatter going on, you can use that exercise just to work from head to toe with the breathing. And if you have something else like that to focus on, then it's in a way it kind of just stops you being distracted so much from the mind chatter, just bringing yourself back to your mind and your breath as you work through this exercise can be really helpful. But equally, if you wake up in the middle of the night, especially if you're menopausal and you're roasting hot, um, and then you, you find that you're having trouble getting back to sleep, once you've managed to cool down a little bit, then again, you can go back to this kind of exercise to help in order to calm your mind again quickly and get back into a sleep. Because the one thing we don't want as kind of if you're a menopausal well if you're any any woman at all if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel refreshed then you are not starting your day in the best way so what you need to do is make sure that you are getting the best quality of sleep possible so even if the sleep is maybe a little bit broken in the middle of the night if you can get good quality sleep even for two or three hours at a time so that when you wake up the next morning you feel some bit of refreshment and some bit of energy then you're starting off on the best possible foot for the for the whole day yeah well if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling exhausted is there anything that you can do that will you know create a bit of energy within your body without making you exhausted yeah absolutely so if you wake up it, first thing in the morning qigong is ideally practiced with stretching so like to actually do some stretching movements so that's quite different from when you're going to bed at night so when you're going to bed at night you don't really want to be energizing your body and making yourself like really awake and alive because then it'll be more difficult to get off to sleep but first thing in the morning what you want to do is you want to stretch the body so if you think about say um if any of you've got pets at home if you think about cats and dogs when they get out of their bed after they've been sleeping what's the first thing they do is they do a big stretch don't they so they usually do a stretch and a bit of a yawn so anything that involves this kind of stretching opening up the arms stretching a little bit into the legs and there are loads of qigong exercises that i've got that are on my they're on my website they're on my youtube channel there's loads of lovely kind of first thing in the morning ones and there's a couple there actually which are qigong morning routines um so you can find those quite easily just by going onto my blog page onto the space to relax website go to the blog page and then there's a little search box at the top if you just type in morning routine you'll find it there Great. So yeah, that's true. Actually, in the morning time, when I see the dogs, they'd be doing a really lovely stretch. Yeah. yeah. And the reason they do that is because animals know that if they were to get up and then just go straight into action, they'd be more likely to become injured. So what they're doing is they're stretching their muscles, they're limbering up their muscles to make sure everything's working in a nice kind of gentle way first, before they go out doing their hunting or their playing or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Why do you think that we've lost that as humans? Why, why have we lost that I ability? Think we've lost, well, we've, we've lost a few things in terms of, you know, Qigong practice and just that awareness of our own bodies. And I think it's really just distraction from, you know, distraction by modern day living. We're just mm. distracted all the time. I mean, even this ab the abdominal breathing that I was explaining to you about there, that is something that all of us were born doing. Babies breathe like that. 
animals breathe like that. You watch, you watch a baby sleeping or one of your pets at home sleeping and you'll see their belly goes up and down. As they breathe in, their belly rises. As they breathe out, their belly falls. And, as, and kids actually lose that ability usually by about the age of seven. And I think it's because just as, as they get busier, as they have more stuff to do in their busy little lives, their breath becomes more and more shallow. Um, also, if people are anxious, if children are anxious, their breath becomes more shallow. And you think about it yourself, if it, you know, for any of you out there, if you're ever feeling a little bit anxious, it can be a little bit difficult to catch your breath. Um, if any of you out there are asthmatic, if you have problems with asthma, you know that if you get a little bit wheezy, you get more anxious, your breath becomes more shallow and it, it becomes a vicious circle because it's, it's harder and harder to catch your breath. So for anyone who has any breathing difficulties, the abdominal breathing is really important to learn or relearn from what you knew as a baby, because if you have that, then you can very quickly kind of calm your mind and calm your breath and actually get a more efficient breath going on so you don't enter that state of wheeziness. So I, I want to hear more about your trips to China four times. Yes. That must have been amazing. Yeah, well, I had just, um, I went the first time in 2000, so I just graduated from Chinese Medicine College in Dublin. And there were 12 of us went out together. Um, there were a few a few kind of new student students or newly qualified practitioners as I was. Uh, there were three or four experienced practitioners. And then there were a couple of the lecturers as well, and the director of our college. So we all went out together and we went to the University of Traditional Chinese Medicine in Guangzhou, which is just north of Hong Kong. And in that university, there were 10,000 students, every single one of them studying Chinese medicine. Really? So 10,000? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And there was, a, there was an, an hospital, a teaching hospital next door, which was affiliated with the Chinese Medicine College. And they were practicing a mixture of both Chinese medicine and Western medicine. So they were getting the best of both worlds. Um, but within the university, there was a Qigong department. So we were very fortunate to be taught Qigong by two Qigong professors who at that time had, or, well, they'd been practicing all their lives really, but they definitely had 25 years experience. And it was medical Qigong we learned. So they were only teaching Chinese medicine uh, practitioners really. So it was very much done from a medical point of view because there are different branches of Qigong as well. So there's medical Qigong, which is what I studied. And then there is a more kind of meditative Qigong. There's more kind of Buddhist Qigong as well. And then there's Qigong, which is used for martial arts. So if any of you have seen the Shaolin monks doing their thing, you know, all the, the, the kind of breaking of the concrete blocks with their hands, they, they do, if you watch them, if you watch a video of them doing that, they spend a bit of time beforehand preparing. And what they're doing is they're preparing and they're bringing, using their mind and their breath to bring qi to the part of their hand to make it resistant to the concrete block, to make it really strong so that when they chop through the concrete block, they don't break the hand. So there are different branches of Qigong. So obviously for me as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I'm interested in medicine. I'm interested in people being healthy. And so I don't use it for fighting, although I did study Kung Fu for a while as well, uh, but I don't use it. I don't use it for, I wouldn't use it for that. I'm really interested in really giving people the tools that they can use for themselves. So I'm helping to teach, you know, to teach people Qigong, but I want you all to be able to go away and use it for yourselves. So what would be one of the most common things that you see in your, that you see, that you, uh, say so you treat Qigong with? 
in terms of helping people with qigong it would have to be mind chatter and anxiety mind chatter anxiety worry because if our mind is not calm then it can affect us in many different ways so there's this knock-on effect so if our mind is not calm we become disorganized we become stressed because we're disorganized we then lose our energy levels because we're so busy running around being busy fools and not actually getting anything done. And all the time our energy levels are depleted. Um, if our mind is not calm, we definitely can't sleep. Everybody needs a calm mind for sleeping. Um, and so if your mind is too busy, then you end up exhausting many other functions of your body. And you know, people would just come to me and say, look, this is the, the main problem is I just can't, you know, my mind is just not calm. I'm either stressed, I'm stressed, I'm worried, I'm anxious, and my mind is too busy. Um, and then if you have all of that inner turmoil going on, then that if that's left unchecked, that can often lead to things like high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, um, other issues um, in terms of menopause. It can lead to definitely more heat, more hot flushes, more night sweats, more menopausal symptoms. So the ladies who, who come to me for acupuncture and Chinese medicine for menopausal symptoms, I say to all of them, I said, like, you know, the number one, the number one thing you need to do about this is to rest because you will find that if you're exhausted or you're stressed, then all of your symptoms are worse. And they always say that's true. So if you're under pressure and you're stressed, you're your night sweats, your hot flushes, your anxiety, you're not able to be able to sleep, all of that gets worse if you're able to rest. And that doesn't mean being, being a couch potato, by the way. That means just going out for, you know, do, doing some gentle exercise, getting plenty of fresh air, but not putting yourself under undue pressure and trying to do too many things in one day. Can, um, you, feel, can you hear all the ladies going, oh, but I have to do so many things, the guilt yeah. of not getting all the jobs done, can't yeah. sit down. <laughs> yeah, but but this is the but this is the often this is the price we pay for being so busy trying to organize and mind everybody else. And I think all women will agree that you know it's a very common. Um, I don't like to say fault because it's a, it's a really lovely thing that women spend time looking after everybody else. But sometimes we do it to our detriment um, and we overdo it. So I think it's important to realize that if you take care of yourself first, then you're much better able to look after everybody else in your life. Um, and if you don't, then you could get sick and then you're no good to anybody, yourself or anybody else, um, because you won't be able to do all the things that you love to do to mind everyone. That is so true. That is, yeah, I'm always saying that about, I use the analogy of putting your oxygen mask on first because yeah. you need to mind you first and if you don't if you try and mind everyone else first like like the kids beside you they can take off their mask and go you know like and then they're both of you are passed out so it's yeah yeah, yeah. And a lot of people would say to me as well that when they're doing all those things for people if they if they were to stop they say they feel guilty that they're yeah. not helping everybody they have this guilt around it but one thing I found really useful and I heard this it was a actually on a business coaching call that I was on for my business because entrepreneurs in business also get too busy and push themselves and drive themselves too much so if for any of you out there who have your own business you probably understand that as well that whether you're online in business or whether you're doing face-to-face -face business if you, if the book stops with you and it's your own business there is a never-ending list of things to do and so we can always be tempted to push ourselves a little bit too much but one of the people on this business call said that what's very important to 
to not feel guilty about this, which can be really helpful, is to understand that building in rest time is part of the work. It is one of the tasks you need to do in order to take care of yourself, is to build in the rest time. So that is something that goes on the list along with everything else to do. So the rest... So, so the rest is part of the work you need to do to keep yourself operating at your optimum. I um, Funny you should say that I had a client with me and he called them wellness breaks during the day. That's, yep, he does what he called them. So he said, because um, we talked about breaks and he came up with, I'm going to call them wellness breaks during the day. And that's what it was. It was just like a 10 minute wellness break where you went outside and got fresh air or went and, you know, sat down, had a cup of tea, but just went away from, from his work. Because we do just tend to, uh, yeah, sit there at the computer if you're working in a business or, you know, it, it is hard or making appointments back to back. So you don't give yourself time just to breathe. It's so yeah. true, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the things about Qigong is that you can do it anywhere. So if you're in a business and you or if you're, you know, doing stuff with the kids or, you're, you know, you're busy, you know, if you're just busy in your day, if you have a 10 minute gap, wherever you are, you can always do Qigong because you can just stand there, sit there, lie down and you can breathe. You can yeah. do abdominal breathing if you're lucky enough to be outside, if you're on the beach or you're out walking. You can do a few Qigong stretches as well. Um, so you can, but you can always um, fit Qigong into your day. Um, and I very much emphasize that with my students. And, you know, say, for example, you're, you know, standing in a queue in the supermarket or the post office. You just stand there. You go into what's called the Qigong stance, which is a really nice way of aligning your posture. And so that allows the Qi to flow more freely, which energizes your body. You're not moving. You're just standing. The standing doesn't look any bit weird. So if you're in a crowd of people, you're just a person standing there and you just do your abdominal breathing while you're waiting in a queue. And if you're standing in a queue for five minutes, there you go. You've done five minutes of Qigong, which has really helped to rest and at the same time energize your body. Way better up, better than picking up your phone and scrolling through some TikTok or Instagram <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's much better for you. Yeah. Well, you've been an amazing guest and so much really great information and the benefits of Qigong and breathing and, and, you know, helping to calm and settle down the mind. It's been amazing. So if anyone wants to get hold of you or, you know, join you on any of your Qigong classes, how can they do that? Okay, so the easiest thing is for you to go to space to relax.com. So that's my website. And on that website, you'll see on the first page, you'll see you can sign up at the top, you can sign up for a free video series, which is delivered to you by email. If you scroll to the bottom, you can sign up for the audio meditation, the calm your busy mind in eight minutes, which is the one I was mentioning earlier with the abdominal breathing and the relaxing of the shoulder and everything. Um, and if you want to join my free online classes, they're live on Zoom at the first Thursday of every month. So um, this coming Thursday, um, yeah, that's the third, third of March, I think mm -hmm. this coming Thursday, we're live at 4 p.m. Classes are around 30 minutes. So if you go just to the top of the Space to Relax page and look at the Work With Me menu, just click on that and it's the first one on the list. It says online Qigong classes. So you just sign up there 
and I send you the Zoom link through the day before. And uh, we've got people from all over the world who join us on those classes and uh, they're great fun. And I've been doing those since the start of the pandemic, actually. It'll be nearly, two, nearly two years. So, and they're free for anyone to join. Uh, so that, that's yeah. so good once a month is excellent and then you can practice in between or go to your youtube channel and keep up to date with everything that's going on with you know Absolutely. what you need to what you can't remember because sometimes it's hard to remember all the moves to start with yeah yeah and it's easy to find me on youtube as well it's you just type in my name janice tucker and janice tucker qigong would probably find me no problem Cool. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. And I always forget to say this at the beginning, please subscribe to the channel because I'm going to be having some more amazing guests on to help you in all aspects of your health and wellness. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks thank so you. Much, Lucy. I'm going to end this now.